ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So carrying on with Lum'atul I'tiqad In the previous lesson we had been discussing The issue of The names and the attributes And the issue of understanding and applying and implementing All of these aspects of the religion In accordance to the Quran and the Sunnah Upon the actual intended meanings of the Qur'an and the Sunnah What was actually intended I.e. upon the methodology of the Salaf That is how we will understand What the intent behind the Qur'an and the Sunnah is An ayah, a hadith You want to know the meaning of it The application of it Then we look at the methodology of the Salaf to see what the understanding of it is, what the application of it is. So, in the previous section he had mentioned that we uh, accept what is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. We believe in Allah, in the Messenger, and what He came with upon what He, what Allah and the Messenger intended. And then after that, the author he says, وَقَدْ أُمِرْنَا بِالِقْتِفَاءِ لِآثَارِهِمْ وَلِهْتِدَاءِ بِمَنَارِهِمْ وَحُذِّرْنَا الْمُحْدَثَاتِ وَأُخْبِرْنَا أَنَّهَا مِنَ الضَّلَالَاتِ فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ مِنْ بَعْدِ عَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ So he says here, we have been commanded to follow in their footsteps to take guidance from their light, you may say, from their guidance, from their practice, from their methodology, that we follow in their footsteps and we take guidance from their practice and their methodology. And we have been warned from the newly invented matters from the innovations, and we've been told that these newly invented matters, these innovations, what people have brought about themselves, imagined up themselves, these new affairs are all from the misguidances. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Upon you is my sunnah, to cling to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs, the khulafa, 
Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, radiyallahu anhum, the sahaba, after me, after me, the Prophet sallallahu is saying, upon you is to hold on to the sahaba and bite onto it to this sunnah bin nawajith with your mola teeth and be warned from the newly invented matters for indeed every newly invented matter is an innovation and every innovation is a misguidance. Al-Sheikh Zaid Al-Madkhali Rahimahullah Ta'ala he mentions in the explanation A. أَنَّ أُولَٰئِكَ الْأَئِمَّةِ الصَّالِحِينَ يُقْتَدَى بِهِمْ Meaning those righteous imams, meaning the salaf, those righteous imams are to be followed. They are to be followed in the practice and the implementation and the methodology. وَيُتَّبَعْ مَا أُثِرَ عَنْهُمْ and what is reported from them, what is narrated from them, that is what we follow upon. Meaning their understanding, the methodology of the salaf, the manhaj of the salaf. What is reported from them, what comes to us from them regarding their understandings, that is what we are upon. The Qur'an and the sunnah with the understanding of the salaf of this ummah. And that is what differentiates the Salafis from all others. Because the way of the Salafi, the Sunni, Ahlul Sunnah, is to practice the Qur'an and the Sunnah with the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. Not with the understanding of your Imam here or your Imam there, or the one that you have given bay'ah to here or bay'ah to there, and all of this nonsense. Rather, Ahlul Sunnah, the Sunni Salafi, his practice of the religion, his practice of the Quran and the Sunnah, is upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. And that is what is being mentioned here. وَيُتَّبَعُ مَا أُثِرَ عَنْهُمْ That we follow what is reported from them. مِنْ عُلُومٍ نَافِعَةٍ From the beneficial types of knowledge that is reported from them. وَيُسْتَنَارُ بِهَا And we take enlightenment from it. We take guidance from it. We practice upon that methodology. وَنَسِيرُ حَيْثُ سَارُ And we tread upon the way that they tread upon. The route that they took, the methodology that they practiced, that is what we are upon. وَنَقِفُ حَيْثُ وَقَفُوا And we stop where they stop. Where the Salaf stopped and they did not go beyond, then there is no need for us to go beyond. لِأَنَّهُمْ اِقْتَفُوا أَمْرَ نَبِيِّهِمْ Why do we stop exactly where they stopped? Why do we follow upon their understanding and their methodology? Because their understanding and their methodology and the places where they stopped and did not go beyond. All of that was based upon what they had learned directly from the Prophet ﷺ. So when they didn't ask questions into certain issues, it is because they knew and they understood and they had learned 
from the Prophet ﷺ the correct stance on those issues. Like we're talking about the names and attributes now. The names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not ask the how. How does Allah descend? And how is Allah above His throne? How does Allah do this? And how that? And how this? We don't go into this how. Why? Because we stop where the companions, the sahaba, the salaf stopped. They stopped at this. You don't see any narrations of the companions asking the Prophet ﷺ, how does Allah descend in the last third of the night? How does Allah do this and how does Allah do that? No, they didn't ask that. Rather, it was clear. We accept those narrations, we accept all of those names and attributes, and we don't go into the how this and how that. Because Allah has not given us that knowledge. So the Sahaba, they stopped at a certain place. We stop at that point and don't go beyond it. What was sufficient for them is sufficient for us. Allah said about them in the Quran, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَى اللَّهِ Those are the ones whom Allah has guided. فَبِهُدَاهُ مُقْتَدِهِ So via their guidance, you follow too. They are the ones whom Allah has guided. So you tread upon their guidance too. Because their guidance that they've got, it is from Allah. Allah guided them. You follow therefore upon that guidance too. وَهَاُولَا And who are all of these that we're talking about? هُمْ سَلَفُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ طَرِيقَتُهُمْ وَاحِدَةِ They are the salaf of this ummah. And their methodology is one. وَأَدِلَّتُهُمْ وَاحِدَةِ And their evidences are one. What does that mean? Their evidences are one. All of their methodology, everything they did, was based upon one set of evidences, and that is the Qur'an and the Sunnah, the revelation learned from the Prophet ﷺ, not opinions and intellect and imagining this, imagining that, making things up. One straight source of knowledge, the Qur'an and Sunnah from the Prophet ﷺ. So all of the evidences are there. Muttafiqah, Muttalifa. All of those evidences are harmonious. There's no contradictions and conflict. They are all together, harmonious evidences flowing in explanation to us of this religion. Kama warada fi hadith al-Irbad ibn Sariyah رضي الله عنه الذي أورده المؤلف Just like all this what we're talking about now following the example of the Sahaba, the Salaf, etc. It is mentioned in the hadith of Al-Irbad ibn Sariyah. Al-Irbad ibn Sariyah, one of the companions, رضي الله عنه. In that hadith, which is a great hadith, a tremendous narration, wherein the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to stick to the sunnah, to cling on to the sunnah. فِيهِ أَمْرٌ بِلُزُومِ سُنَّةِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم مِنْ أَقْوَالِهِ وَأَفْعَالِهِ وَتَقْرِيرَاتِهِ In that hadith is a command for us to cling on to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in his statements. In his actions, in his acknowledgments, the tacit approval as they say. وَتَرْغِيبَ فِي الْعَمَلِ بِهَا 
And in that hadith is an encouragement for us to act upon the sunnah. Kada sunnatu khulafaihi rashidin Similarly, the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after him, the sahaba, haythu zakkahumun nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet ﷺ gave them tazkiyah, gave them recommendation, said in the hadith, stick to my sunnah, and the sunnah of my rightly guided caliphs. He is the one who said it. وَأَمَرَ بِأَخْذِ السُنَّةِ عَنْهُمْ And uh, the Prophet ﷺ commanded us to take the sunnah from them too. وَلُزُومْ طَرِيقَتِهِمْ And to cling on to their methodology, their pathway, what they tread upon. وَالسَّيْرَ عَلَى نَهْجِهِمْ And to tread upon their methodology. وَمِنْ ذَلِكَ لُزُومْ طَرِيقَتِهِمْ فِي بَابِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ So that means therefore we are going to cling on to their way, the way of the Salaf, in all of our affairs, including this topic that we've been discussing, the names and the attributes of Allah. We are going to understand the names and attributes of Allah, and we're going to... Uh, implement and practice and take knowledge of this field of knowledge in accordance to how the Salaf understood it. كَمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ تَحْذِيرٌ مِنَ الْبِدْعَةِ Just like similarly in this hadith is a warning against innovation. The hadith tells us to cling to the sunnah on one hand, and at the same time, simultaneously, warns us against bid'ah and innovation. So two things together, hand in hand. Cling on to the sunnah and abandon innovation. Cling on to the sunnah and abandon innovation. Hand in hand. وَتَرْهِيبٌ minha, And there is a threat, a warning against those innovations and those falling into them. وَالْبِدْعَةِ What is a bid'ah? كُلُّ مَا أُضِيفَ إِلَى الشَّرِيعَةِ وَلَمْ يَثْبُتْ عَلَيْهِ دَلِيلٌ Everything that is attached, annexed, onto the sunnah, which there is no evidence for it. Anything somebody claims is a sunnah, it is worship. And they say this is from the religion. This act is an act of worship, an act of sunnah. Yet, there is no evidence in the Qur'an and the Sunnah for this particular act. It is not mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, this particular act. Then that act is an innovation. It is a bid'ah. And do not belittle anything from innovations. Don't think any innovation, it's just minor, it's no big deal. Don't ever view innovations, no matter how small you may view them or see them. Do not take an understanding or a mentality or an approach whereby you consider them to be something minor. Never consider any innovations as just small and minor and belittle them and do not give them importance. Rather, every innovation is a great danger. Every innovation, small or big, is misguidance. And that is why Al-Imam Al-Barbahari said, innovations, that's exactly how they begin. Innovation that people do, 
It starts as something small. In Sharh Sunnah of Imam al-Barbahari, he mentions, innovations, they begin as something small. And then they build, and they build, and they build, until they become huge, and the person can no longer dig himself out of it. They start as something small, and you belittle them, and you don't view it as anything. But then they grow around you, and they grow around you, and they grow around you, until they become so huge, you can't even pull yourself out anymore. So the innovations, as small as they may be, then do not belittle any of them. This is all a great danger. Any innovation, small or big, is in opposition to the sunnah. And it is something impermissible. Sawa'an kanat qawliyyah. Whether the innovation happens to be something which is from statements, or fi'liyyah, or from actions, ظاهرة, open, باطنة, hidden, inward, outward. Innovations will differ in their level of misguidance. Innovations will differ in their levels of misguidance. There are some innovations that will be connected to Aqidah issues. Some innovations, some bid'ah, will be connected to the core, to issues of aqidah. كَبِدَعِ الْمُعَطِّلَةِ Like the innovation of those who reject the names and attributes of Allah. They say Allah has no names, has no attributes. So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, these people, they are worshipping nothingness. They are saying Allah is nothingness. وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. That Allah has no names, Allah has no attributes. Something which has no names, has no descriptions, has no nothing. What is it? It is nothing. So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, they have made Allah as if it is nothingness. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ وَمِنْهَا غَيْرُ ذَلِكَ مِمَّا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِالشَّعَائِرِ التَّعَبُّدِيَّةِ Then there are other types of innovation which may not be associated to the affairs of aqidah directly, but associated to other aspects of the religion, other worships within the religion, other ibadat, where these innovations have been attached onto. Every innovation, it is binding upon you to take precaution from it and to warn against it. To take precaution from it and to warn against it. لِشِدَّةِ ضَرَرِهَا وَخَطَرِ لَوَازِمِهَا وَالتَّمَرُّغِ فِي جَحِيمِهَا Due to why is it necessary to take precaution and to warn against it? Due to the severity of the harm innovations cause. Due to the severity. Due to the severity of the harm that innovations cause. And due to the danger of the consequences of innovation. There is a great danger. From the consequences 
that arise from innovation. Because if a person is committing innovation, it means he is abandoning the sunnah. He could be using his time performing the sunnah. But he is performing this particular innovation and therefore the sunnah has been sidelined. So there are great evil consequences to those who fall into innovation. And of course, one innovation leads to another. Another innovation leads to another until they become bigger and bigger and the person falls into all types of innovation. The author then goes on to mention the statement of one of the companions, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu. He said, اتبعوا ولا تبتدعوا فقد كفيتم. اتبعوا ولا تبتدعوا فقد كفيتم. عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه. He says, follow and do not innovate. For indeed you have been sufficed. Meaning, follow the sunnah, do not innovate anything new. Because what you have in the sunnah is enough. فَقَدْ كُفِيتُمْ What you have in the sunnah, in the revelation already given to you, is enough for you. It includes everything already. So don't innovate. لا تبتدعوا Don't innovate, don't bring about anything new. Because what you have in the sunnah, follow it, it is sufficient for you. It is enough for you. Everything is in there what you need to know. In one version of the narration, he adds on, وَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْعَتِيقِ Upon you is to cling on to that old. To cling on to what is there from old. Meaning the sunnah, the revelation. You have the Qur'an, you have the sunnah from old, from before you have it. From 1400 years ago now for us. You have that, stick to that. Stick to that revelation, the Qur'an and the sunnah. Don't bring about your own new events and celebrations and this and that and everything else. فِيهِ بَيَانٌ صَرِيحٌ مِنْ هَذَا الصَّحَابِ الْجَلِيلِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهِ لِلنَّاسِ بِوُجُوبِ اتِّبَاعِ مَا جَاءَ بِهِنَّ وَسَلَّمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَسُنَّةٍ From this statement of this great companion, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه, is a clear clarification, clear statement to the people Upon the obligation of sticking to what came from the Prophet ﷺ. In terms of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. All of that revelation that came uh, from Allah, taught by the Prophet ﷺ. There is a clear advice here, a clear statement from the Sahabi telling you to stick to that. Don't go outside of that, innovate outside of that, think your brain and your mind is clever enough to make things up outside of that. Stick to what is in that sunnah. Allah said in the Quran, اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من ربكم ولا تتبعوا دونه من أولياء قليلا ما تذكرون 
it mentions in the ayah. Allah says, follow what has been revealed to you from your Lord, and do not follow other than it. Follow what has been revealed to you from your Lord, and do not follow other than it. Few are the ones who ponder and remember. So in the statement of Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, وَلَا تَبْتَدِعُوا Do not innovate, meaning لَا تُحْدِثُوا أَمْرًا فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ مِنْهُ Don't make up anything into the religion which isn't from it. فَإِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ أَعْظَمُ الْخَطَرِ Because in doing that, there is a great danger. In making up something new into the religion, there is a great danger. كَمَا قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْتَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ And be warned against the newly invented matters. فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَى For indeed every newly invented matter is an innovation. وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ and every innovation is a misguidance. وَالْبِدَعْ خُرُوجٌ عَنْ طَرِيقِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم. Innovations, they are an exit away from the path of the Prophet You perform an innovation, you have now gone outside of the straight path. You have gone onto a bent path, onto innovation. Away from the straight path leading you to Allah. And as Ibn Qayyim said, الطَّرِيقُ الْمُوصِلُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاحِدٍ The path that takes you to Allah is one. When you perform innovation, you have taken yourself off that path. So do not remove yourself from that straight path. وَتُقَدَّرْ بِقَدَرِهَا And as for these innovations that a person may perform, the rulings will be decided in terms of the level of the innovation. So for example, some types of innovations can be so severe that they are kufr. Certain innovations are so severe that it is actually at the level of being kufr. Some are severe enough for them to be at the level of fisk. And some may be lesser than that in terms of minor sins. So some may be at the level of kufr, some may be at the level of fisq, at the level of major sins, and others may be at a lower level than that. And that is known through analysis of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It is known that this is how the innovations are. Some more serious and some perhaps less serious, but as we said, even the smaller ones, the lesser serious ones, do not belittle them, because they grow and they grow until the person is no longer able to remove himself from that. Then the author says, وَقَالْ عُمَرْ ابن عبد العزيز رضي الله عنه كلاما بمعناه قف حيث وقف القوم فإنهم عن علم وقفوا وببصر نافذ كفوا 
ولهم على كشفها كانوا أقوى وبالفضل لو كان فيها أحرى فلئن قلتم حدث بعدهم فما أحدثه إلا من خالف هديهم ورغب عن سنتهم ولقد وصفوا منه ما يشفي وتكلموا منه بما يكفي فما فوقهم محسر وما دونهم مقصر لقد قصر عنهم قوم فجفوا وتجاوزهم آخرون فغلوا وإنهم فيما بين ذلك لعلى هدى مستقيم In this section, the author, he tells us of the statement mentioned by the Khalifa. He was one of the, the leaders of the Muslims, a Khalifa after the four Khulafa al-Rashidun, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, radiyallahu anhu. And he said some statements that are in reality an affirmation of everything mentioned so far. They are an affirmation of the statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Because in his statement here, there is an affirmation, an encouragement to stick to the sunnah, and there is a warning against innovation and bid'ah. So he says, if حَيْثُ وَقَفَ الْقَوْمِ Stop where they, the companions, the salaf stopped. Don't go beyond what they did. They didn't celebrate the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ. You stop and don't do it either then. Stop where they stopped. Who was the greatest in their worship? You, me, the imams of the past, who? The sahaba. They were at the greatest level in their striving, in their worship, in their obedience. So if we want to improve in our worship and our obedience and be striving to the maximum, all we have to do is look at the example of what the companions used to do. We don't need to try and make up more things or extra things. The Sahaba did it all. The Salaf, they were striving to the maximum of their ability. So if you want to do that, all you have to do is look at what they used to do and do the same. You don't need to make up new things now and do other things and celebrations and birthdays and whatever else. All these nights in the year they make up. 15th night of this month and they start sending messages around, make sure you're staying up all night tonight praying. Make sure you do 1000 rakahs today. All these things that the messages go around. Where from? Sahaba, did they ever do it? They were striving in their worship. If this night had so much virtue, do you think the Sahaba would have been sleeping on that night and not doing anything? Of course not. The Sahaba, they were the ones who were at the peak. They were the ones at the top in their striving, in their worship, in their obedience. You want to be like that? All you have to do is copy them. You don't need to make up things yourself. You don't need to make up these messages, pray a thousand rakahs tonight, and this dua, make sure you read it a thousand times tonight. Where from? Where have you got this from? Stop, he says, where they stopped. Where they did it up to their worship, that is enough for you. If you can even do half of that, it's enough for you. That's what people are going to reach these days. 
So you don't need to make up your own and go beyond that. Where they stopped, you stop. Why? He says, فَإِنَّهُمْ عَنْ عِلْمٍ وَقَفُوا Because when they stopped at a particular level, it was due to having knowledge that this is the level to stop at. They had the knowledge of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, knowing that this is what you do, and you don't go into that or this or this. Upon knowledge, they knew where to go, how to stop, when to stop, how to do worship. Upon knowledge. That's what they did, what they did. And they stopped where they stopped. So you follow them. You follow them upon that. If you go beyond that, then you've gone beyond the bounds of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Because they stopped upon the bounds of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Where they stopped, it was because of knowledge they stopped there. وَبِبَصَرِ النَّافِذٍ كَفُّوا And because of insight, knowledge and understanding, they stopped and they didn't do certain actions. Certain actions, they didn't do them. Celebration of the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ, they never did it. Never. Why? Because of knowledge. They knew what is allowed, what is permissible, what is sunnah, and what is not. So what was not from the sunnah, upon knowledge, they stopped and they didn't do it. That's what he says here. Because they were, they were smart, meaning they knew, they had knowledge where the sunnah is, what the sunnah is, what the worship is, and they knew what is outside of it. So anything outside of it, they knew and they didn't do it. وَلَهُمْ عَلَىٰ كَشْفِهَا كَانُوا أَقْوَىٰ And recognizing and analyzing and understanding the Qur'an and the Sunnah, they had much more ability, much more strength than anybody now. They were the ones who had the ability and the strength to analyze, to, to, to research and to know how to worship, what to worship, when to worship. They were the ones who had that ability stronger than anyone now. And they are the ones who were more precise, more accurate, more precise, more intelligent and understanding of the sunnah. But if a person was to say, but after them such and such happened and this innovation happened and that innovation happened, then we say, those people who brought about those innovations, it was due to them not following the example of the Sahaba. They opposed the example of the Sahaba, and therefore they ended up in innovation. If somebody says, what about these innovations? You tell them very simply, because they opposed the Sahaba, because they went against the guidance and didn't practice the methodology of the Salaf, they ended up opposing them and making innovation. They ended up opposing the Sahaba and making innovation. And they went away, disliked the sunnah, went away from practicing the sunnah and making up other things for themselves. So a Sheikh Zaid Rahimahullah says, وَبِالْفَضْلِ لَوْ كَانَ فِيهَا أَحْرَى أَيْ لَوْ كَانَ فِي الْمُحْدَثَاتِ فَضْلٌ مَا تَرَكُوا had there been some virtue in these actions, all these things people make up now, pray this night 1,000 rak'ahs, and read this dua this end around 1,000 times tonight, all these things. These types of things, had there been virtue in them, and goodness in them, and reward in them, 
then certainly the companions would have been the first people to do it. They wouldn't have left those nights and slept if there was so much reward to read a thousand times the rakahs, a thousand times the duas. They wouldn't have missed those nights. They would have been the first one to do them. But they didn't, and that shows you very clearly, they knew there is no virtue in this. They knew this is not from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And that's why when people, they come to you and they send you these messages and they say, do this and do that. And on this night, you'll have this forgiven and that forgiven and do this and pray a thousand rak'ahs and a thousand times this dua. All of these things they make up, you say to them very clearly, show me the proof from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, from the methodology of the Salaf of this Ummah. Because the people of deviation, they'll say, yes, there's an ayah in the Qur'an. Yes, there's a hadith. Look, I'll show you Ibn Majah, this, that, the other. Say, okay, all these ayat, all these ahadith you're showing me. Show me from the Sahaba that they understood these narrations as you claim to understand them now. You're showing me this ayah and you're saying it's a proof to pray 1,000 rak'ahs on the middle night of next month. Show me the Sahaba, their tafsir, that this is what they said. Show me where the tafsir of the Sahaba is that they said, this ayah means you got to pray 1,000 rak'ahs on this night. You're showing me a hadith, you're saying Ibn Majah, this, that, the other. Okay, show me the explanations of the Salaf. Show me where there are examples how they used to, therefore, based upon this hadith, stay up a thousand rak'ahs that night. Where are the examples? Where are the narrations? How come we don't have a single narration of any companion saying that he used to stay up and pray this much and that much on this night and etc, etc. Because it didn't exist. So just because they give you ayah, they give you hadith, you say to them, show me from the salaf that they understood what you are claiming to understand from this ayah and this hadith. You're saying this is a proof for 1000 rak'ahs tonight? Show me from the sahaba who said that. Show me from the sahaba where they used to do 1000 rak'ahs. Because if this, is, this evidence means that, it means to pray 1000 rak'ahs, then surely they must have done it. So where? Show me where they did it. Show me some narrations where they used to do it. So it's not just about them giving you ayat and giving you a hadith and saying there's the proof. Say, show me from the sahaba, from the salaf, that this is a proof they used to do what you're doing now. They give you ayat, they give you a hadith. You're supposed to pray all night tonight. Say, okay, where is the sahaba example? When did they used to use these ayat and a hadith to pray all night 1000 rak'ahs? And that's why they will never be able to prove to you. People have innovation, they'll give you ayat, they'll give you a hadith. Half the time, the ahadith they give you are fabricated and weak anyway. But even if they bring you some hadith which is authentic, as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, if a person of innovation brings you an authentic evidence, then use the same evidence against him. So if they say to you, look, this ayah, it proves this innovation that they're doing really. Say, okay, this ayah you're saying proves your innovation. Then show me who from the salaf used to do this innovation that you're doing now. If they try and bring you ayat of the Qur'an, they say this proves the birthday. They try to bring you a hadith, like the hadith the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about he was born on a Monday. On a Monday, which Monday, what Monday, even if it's proven, did he say celebrate it? They bring you that hadith. You say, okay. So you're showing me this hadith now that the Prophet ﷺ was born on a Monday. That he told us he was born on a Monday. Does that mean now that we're supposed to celebrate his birthday? They say, yes. That's what he told us in the hadith, which day he was born on. You say, okay. In that case, 
Show me where the Sahaba used to implement this narration and celebrate his birthday then. Or did all of the Sahaba neglect this narration? Why did all the Sahaba neglect it? You're telling me this hadith proves the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ. Did all the Sahaba, every single one of them, not know this hadith? Not a single one of them practiced the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ. So you, mashaAllah, have learned this hadith and you know it means the birthday. But none of the Sahaba, not even Abu Bakr, anybody knew about this hadith and that it means to celebrate the birthday. So when they give you proofs, you say to them, show me that the Salaf used to understand this evidence, how you are trying to understand it. You're saying this hadith proves you celebrate the birthday. Show me then where the Sahaba used this hadith to celebrate the birthday. They didn't, which shows you what? That the Sahaba did not understand that this hadith is a proof for celebrating the birthday. If that's what they had understood from it, then they would have celebrated the birthday. So whenever they give you evidences, you tell them, okay, that's an ayah, that's a hadith. Now I want you to show me examples from the salaf. Give me from the understanding of the salaf, from the methodology of the salaf, that they did the practices that you people are doing based upon these ayat and hadith. And that they will never be able to give to you. They could give you a thousand hadith. Saying, look, all of these ahadith are proofs for the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ. You ask him that one question, okay, these thousand narrations. Did the Sahaba use these thousand narrations and understand them to celebrate the birthday and therefore celebrate the birthday? They will not be able to find a single example of a single companion ever celebrating the birthday. So that is where it breaks down for them. When it comes to the methodology of the Salaf, they cannot say anything. Quran, Sunnah, everybody says Quran, Sunnah. You go to the Khawaris, the Takfiris, the dogs of the hellfire, they'll say Quran, Sunnah. You go to the Sufis, bowing to graves and bowing to people and kissing their feet and everything, doing sajda, they'll say Quran, Sunnah. But when you say to them, okay, Quran, Sunnah, with the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah, did Abu Bakr used to do what you're doing now? Did Umar used to do what you're doing now? Did Uthman used to do what you're doing now? Ali, did they used to do what you're doing now? This bowing down, kissing people's feet and doing such that, did they used to do that? Never will they be able to give you proofs. So that's why the Salafi way is the correct way. Quran, Sunnah, with examples from the Salaf of the Ummah, which nobody else can give you. The Khawariz, the Takfiris, will they ever be able to give you examples from the Sahaba going around slaughtering the Muslims like they do? Never. Will the Sufis ever be able to give you examples of the Sahaba prostrating doing such that to other people? Never. So they can never give you proofs from the way of the Salaf. And that proves to you their understanding of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, all of these people of innovation, is not upon the understanding of the Salaf. As for a Salafi Sunni, he says to you, my belief is, regarding the names and attributes, we believe in them, we affirm them, as we've been talking about. He says, okay, you give me from the Salaf then. Then we will. All of the Salaf, they were upon this. Narrations upon narrations. All of these telling you about affirming the names and attributes. Everywhere. All these points you will find them from the narrations of the Salaf, from the books of the Salaf. That is the difference between Salafiyyah and those other methodologies of deviation. So then he says, فَلَئِنْ قُلْتُمْ حَدَثَ بَعْدَهُمْ That afterwards this happened and that happened. After the Salaf, various things happened. And we say, okay, they happened. And why did these things happen? Why did these innovations occur? Because those people left 
and opposed the methodology of the Salaf. And therefore they ended up in all of their innovations that they made clear, simple. They left the methodology of the Salaf, they opposed it, and therefore ended up in those innovations that they ended up in. And then he goes on to mention at the end that the Salaf, they have uh, described to us and they have spoken about the affairs such that it is sufficient for us. The Salaf have explained the affairs in a manner that is sufficient for us. Anybody who tries to go over and above the Salaf, you're going to end up a loser. And anybody who falls short in negligence, doesn't do what the Salaf said, falls short, then you're going to be upon wrong again. Rather, it is the people who act upon the methodology of the Salaf who will be right. The ones who go above it, try to get clever and make their own things up, try to go over what the Salaf did, you're going to end up a loser. And those who don't do enough, they don't actually do what the Salaf said, they fall short, then you're going to be wrong as well. Rather, it's the ones who are upon the actual way of the Salaf, they are the ones who are going to be upon the correct methodology. So, as Sheikh Zayd says, the point of the author here is to highlight أن السلف من الصحابة والأئمة والتابعين لهم بإحسان رحمهم الله أهل التوسط The Sahaba and those who follow them upon that righteous way, they are the people upon the middle path, the upright path. فَلَمْ يَتْرُكُوا هَذِي الْعُلُمْ جَانِبًا بَلْ تَكَلَّمُوا فِيهَا بِمَا يَكْفِي وَقَالُوا بِمَا يَشْفِي وَلَمْ يَخُضُوا فِيهَا دُونَ عِلْمٍ so when it came to the issues of names and attributes, the Salaf didn't ignore them. They mentioned them and they spoke about them at the level required. Didn't go into affairs that we don't know of and didn't fall short. So we have the correct upright understanding that suffices us. And that is why it is sufficient for us, enough for us to strive upon the methodology of the Salaf. And we don't need to try and go beyond that. If you can be just like the Salaf, how much worship they used to do, that will be sufficient for you. If you can get anywhere close to the Salaf, then that is enough for you to strive for. Let alone trying to make up new things. These people who make up all these new worships, not even a quarter or a tenth of the way, in terms of how much worship the Salaf used to do, not even a tenth or a quarter or a half of what the Salaf used to do, and already they want to make up new things. First, try and do everything the Salaf used to do. When you get to that level, then you would be able to maybe talk. But you'll never get to that level. And even then you wouldn't be able to talk in reality. Because if you got to that level, that would be the end of it. Your worship is up to that level. That's where you stop. Your worship is upon the revelation and the methodology of the Salaf. Nothing more. So that is where we'll conclude today. Next week we'll carry on. And there are more statements of the Salaf to come. There are some more statements of the Salaf to come. Regarding this issue... Uh, and so those additional statements of the Salaf that are yet to come, we'll carry on with them next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that point for now. Wa sallallahu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.